Welcome back to Fitbit Pod. My name is Ben Lomas, and with me in the new year is the one and only Dulce Singer. Wait, wait, hi Ben. Wait, it's not the new year. Like, oh, no, that's right. Okay. We're, we're well, recording. This. We're nearly there. We're, we're nearly there. We're recording this before the new year, and it's coming out before the new year. Wow. So, Look, I'd like to think ahead. I like to if think there's ahead. There's anything that builds confidence for our, our guests to know that he's in a professional. Look, setup. I'm sunstroke. Right okay, I'm sunstroke. Well, stroke something else, please, mate, because it's really the okay. stumbling at the finish. Uh, sorry, at the starting line is incredible, but it no. wouldn't be fit bet if we didn't have those kind of stumbles. Uh, ben, I love seeing you. Thank you so much for doing this pod. I'm excited about uh, our guest. Uh, relatively, relatively new to the comedy scene. Nah, However, I think he's, he's been of, around for ages. We just haven't noticed. Maybe, maybe we'll find out about that. But I. Um, I reckon uh, a show he does with uh, Shad Wicker called Shad and Pete Save the World. I got to see it and perform, uh, be part of it in the Brisbane Comedy Festival in May earlier this year. And I say this without any um, uh, 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 sort of any hesitation. That was definitely one of the top five uh, comedy things I'd been part of this year. It was so fun to watch. And then I could not believe I got to be part of it. Like I went from being a genuine like fan watching it going, oh, shit, I got to perform too. And it was amazing. So please welcome the ex- extremely hilarious Pete James. Hello, boys. Oh, man. The, uh, the, either he's been around, either he's new to the game or he's been around for ages or haven't noticed. I'd fucking now hope that I haven't been around for a long time. Because yeah. that stings, mate. Yeah. yeah. That hurts. So what? I've been the... at this for 30 fucking years. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, wait, we need to get some stats out. First of all, how old are you? You're, you're a lot younger than people realize, I think. Uh, and that's, that's another sick burn. That's, that's to say that you look old. Yeah, you've got an a old, saggy, awful face. Uh, no, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm about to clock 24. There you go. He's a 24. Right, exactly. Yeah. I didn't even start comedy until I was 25. Uh, and so when did you start uh, doing stand-up? I started, uh, I, I did class clowns all through high school. So my first gig was 14. Wow. So this is all in Queensland, in Cairns? Yeah, all in Queensland. So Does I would that do. Count? Man, it doesn't. It's it's hard because people say like, you know, when did you start? How, how long have you been doing this? But it's really hard to equate far north Queensland years to capital city years. You know what I mean? Mm. Totally. Like, I feel, starting... I feel I feel like it's harder because you know, there's not that many gigs out there, and then the ones you have to do, you've got to travel sixteen hours to get to. Yeah. Oh man, it's crazy. But when I was in high school, so I do like class clowns every year, the Melbourne Comedy Festival competition. And I'd fly down, so when I go and see him. Sorry, for the people who don't know what Class Clowns is, just a quick little brief. Uh, it's basically uh, similar to the Royal Comedy Competition, which is where the open mic, you know, pe- pe- uh, sorry, anyone can sign up. Uh, Class Clowns is specifically uh, people still in school, right? Yeah, yeah, all high school students. So I'd go and do that every year. And then my sister, who used to live in Sydney, I'd go and visit a couple of times a year and I'd book gigs and not tell the people that ran the gigs how old I was until I got there. Oh wow! <laughs> so, so what was the young like when you started doing? Uh, so, what kind of rooms do we know them? Like the is it the I store do, I, or? <laughs> yeah, imagine fourteen year old at the store. No, no I'm um, sure there I would is. do. Um, Lines, I think did that. Oh really? Yeah. I would do um, a mic in hand, which I don't oh, believe yes, exists yes, anymore. Yes, yes. Yeah, in Glebe. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And so, how old are you? Fourteen. 
About 14. About I mean, 14, that's Chappelle and Eddie Murphy have similar origin stories. So, you know. Well, it's we just can... one of the many things we have in common, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I reckon. <laughs> but so, okay. So, it's, it's, so, in that sense, you've been in a, you know, you've been sharing that brain space of comedy in the last sort of, you know, for 10 years nearly. But uh, in terms of really kicking it up a notch and, you know, basically, was it straight? Did you know out of high school that you, this is where, this is where you're headed? Yeah, pretty much. I did the national final in the last year and um, just being around the comedy festival for two weeks around doing that at the town hall. That so was, was really that, the, sorry, national oh, final no, no, of, of class clowns? And then when I... Yeah. National finals of class clowns, right. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, um, yeah, outside of... As soon as I left high school, I started working at a theatre and used to do stand-up at the back end of the interval of the show that I was doing at the theatre. So the uh-huh. interval would finish and then we'd do like five minutes to open the second half. And then... What uh, theatre? Yeah. What show is this? It was the a can- At the time it was the Cairns Dinner Theatre, but now it's um, the Paramore Cabaret Theatre. I just love it if it was like Jesus Christ Superstar. And you're like, okay, here's some kid doing five <laughs> minutes of observations. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was um, actually a, a serious play about the Cambodian genocide and then I would open it up. <laughs> Hey, dogs are pretty weird, am I right? Let's keep it light, guys. <laughs> so the uh, what was the response like? Were you getting laughs? I mean, obviously, Class Clown's um, grand final is probably a good indication that you were on the money. But when you started doing things outside the context of Class Clowns, there is a different expectation, right? People don't know that you're, you know, a kid or whatever. Like, was there a difference between those two leagues? Yeah, definitely. I mean, just going down like when I was in high school and doing those rooms in Sydney and you go like, oh, there's a lot less. I mean, people were still like reasonably nice about it because I'd look fucking little. Like I should, yeah. I should send you the photos. They're so funny. Yeah. yeah um, right. And yeah, like a little more brutal or whatever, but people are still very generous. But then like as soon as you're outside of school and you like the the year I've been outside of school for a year and then I started my room up in Cairns. So uh-huh. I'd be able to do it weekly. Uh-huh. And then like you know, when it's like real small crowd, you know, I didn't know that people did comedy to less than a hundred people at a time. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And all of a sudden yeah, yeah, you're yeah. playing smaller. Right. You're like, Oh, now there's six. Like, how do you do that? You know, there's, yeah. there's six people and one person wants to hurl abuse. <laughs> yeah. So I think that was the biggest learning curve of being like, Oh, people don't just come because it's on. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You have to actually, yeah. People don't love it as much as we do. Like I remember feeling that when I used to be a punter going to the urban backpackers, I don't know, Ben, did you ever perform there? It was at Urban Central um, no. it was back in 2007. So you might not have even started yet. And I couldn't believe it was free. I was watching like Dave O'Neill and Chris Franklin. And I'm like, why aren't there more people just rocking up? It's free. It literally is the cool, I thought was the coolest thing in the world and we're getting it for free. Right. So for me, then turns out not everyone respects stand up the way I did. <laughs> so, so were you like a massive stand up fan before you started? Like, mm, yeah, really? Yeah, I, yeah, I'd spend like five hundred dollars per comedy festival just watching shows. And there was a time where I didn't have enough money, so I had to borrow money from Suren Jayamana. Um, I, I had his credit card details, and <laughs> I was like, "Hey man, oh I'm gonna go see, gonna see Mark Marin. Can I use your credit card again?" <laughs> Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, I was, I was hardcore, but um, so yeah, um, the inspiration though at 14, like what were the things you grew up watching that made you think stand up is something you want to flex that muscle? Of? Who was the first person you saw you went sick? I mean, I think every regional town comic started with the same. It's got to be Carl, you know, Carl Barron yeah, was the guy, yeah, yeah. but 
I remember like every Christmas it'd be like stand up DVDs under the tree mm. or whatever. So I'd have like Montreal just for laughs compilation yeah. stuff. And then like just following like American clubs on YouTube and shit, like the laugh factory and whatever. And they'd always be posting stuff. And I'd have a couple of friends that we'd all like get together and be like, did you see the new thing that got posted? The other- oh, so you did have fr- like, that's the thing. I didn't have my community to, to re- revered it as much as I did. So I'm glad. But I don't even think it was like, I don't think these people, like none of them are comedians or anything now, but it's just like, they were just funny videos. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah, just yeah. go, Oh, that was a funny video where I, um, I was a bit more like, Oh, that, Oh, this wow, is this really cool. So. Yeah, look at the pullback. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the technicality of the callback or the pullback and reveal. You're like trying to analyze it. Yeah, I remember getting shut down by a mate of mine when I was trying to analyze the Lonely Island. You know, the, I'm on a boat <laughs> and stuff, and I was like, man, it's so impressive because each song is a different type of rap style. You know, here he's mimicking Lil Wayne. Here he's. I'm like, oh, he's like, so man, funny. it's just funny. I don't, I don't know. It's just funny. Whatever. Yeah, the so, way they the, the the discourse around jizzing in your pants. Yeah, is really yeah, exactly. beautiful. <laughs> But it's so funny because like I didn't have that, and I reckon I got. I reckon I liked it. I became a fan of of stand up. I reckon a similar age, like fourteen, fifteen. But I just didn't know it, it exists. The only thing I knew was I would uh, I'd watch Dutch comedians. So I got into stand up watching Dutch comedians before I became Australian comedians. And in Holland, the stand up scene is you just do one show a year, and it's called the annual conference. So it's like you know the yearly, the weekly. They just wrap up the year, and so they would put an hour show and then tour it. So I remember there for like years, the only ones I'd get is if it was a VHS tape sent over me from Holland and it was recorded on the television there. So I remember there was like come end of January, I'd have like three stand-up specials kind of that I would watch and then that would keep me going for the year. I didn't know that there was any other stand-up or I didn't even know it existed. Mm. And I, so, so when did you, how, how far after this, when did you start? How old were you when you started doing comedy? I st- uh, what time, you started, we started late. We, I was I was 2010 September. What were you? I think I was 2005 six. I think I think if I think about it. But then like the first three years was just like two gigs a year. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. like you go, oh, I do a couple of gigs. I guess I'm a stand-up comedian. Then you're like, you didn't know where to go, who ran rooms. Like I think when I started, there was like the comics lounge and one room in St Kilda, uh, called the local and. Um, and uh, and I couldn't get up on that, so, so still can't. So, <laughs> so so yeah. So for me, it was just like it was like there was like it was competitions when I started like comedy competitions. So they'd have like a bar would have like a one night, and so then then people would have to bring mates because they'd want to win. So that yeah. that that's how a lot of those stand up gigs started because I was just like you know like you'd, I'd bring like I think my first couple of gigs I'd bring like twenty mates and I was like I won but the only reason I won is because I brought twenty mates with me right right yeah. right so Pete um, the um, the then the moves to kind of like get professional about it pretty much happened organically like you kind of knew this was your calling in that sense so when did you then d- decide to be more Brisbane? Um, Brisbane, like, because currently, where do you consider yourself living in Brisbane or Cairns? Oh, living in Brisbane. Yeah, you live in Brisbane. I've been in Brisbane oh. for a year and a bit now. Yeah, yeah. Um, gotcha. But prior to moving, I was so I'd been running the room up north and working with the Brisbane guys, organising some tours and things yeah. up to Cairns. Right. Um, but every month, I would fly to Brisbane for a week and do a week of gigs and then fly back. So I did that for nearly two years before I moved. Yeah. And when yeah. we say north, just for our international listeners, that's about 3,000 kilometres north of Melbourne. Mate, there are so many people that go like, yeah, I'll duck up to Cairns. And I'm like, have you just, have you, 
They're like, I could just maybe get a car and then I'll do I'll do a gig in the Gold Coast and then maybe I'll pop up. <laughs> You're like, you were talking about 22 hours one way. Oh, uh, it's so it's, far away. Cairns, genuinely, when you land, it felt like a different country. Like, it, 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 it looked country. like a Bali. It looked like, you know, the, everything around it was just like, this is so bizarre to think that this is Australia, especially because... The most recent time I went was part of the Multicultural Gala and I had been yeah. doing regional WA, so all the mining towns. And then a couple of weeks later, I was in Cairns and I'm like, what the fuck? How is this part of the same country? It's just uh, incredible. It's, it's so crazy. And that's why like, I think sometimes I used to, when I go to Melbourne, feel like, oh man, I just feel so like away from home. Like in Brisbane, there's like some level of similarity between Cairns and, and Brisbane. Like it's mm. tropical, there's greenery, blah, blah. It feels like Queensland still. Yeah. You're going to Melbourne, you go like, this does feel like a fucking different country. And yeah. you think about it, if we were in Europe, in terms of distance between, it would uh -huh. be fucking so many countries between. So, so no right. wonder it feels so different, you know. Absolutely. And I love it though, because yeah, it might, you might, it might feel like a different country, but like for people who don't know what you look like, you look more Melbourne than Dylan and I put together. <laughs> That's very racist, man. What are you trying to say? Um, hey, so Pete, uh, if people want to follow you, uh, Instagram is a good place to start. And your Instagram handle is, uh, this is how it's spelled, D-I-A underscore P-E-T-E-E-S. And I kept reading it for a few months as as Dia, uh, as Dr. Peters or whatever. I just was like, Dr. Yeah. Peters, whatever. He's just doing something weird. And then during the Shannon uh, Pete Save the World, there was a gag that I think maybe Jake, your producer, made about diabetes. And I went, oh, diabetes. I see what he's doing there. And then I'm like, wait, does he have diabetes? And then I asked you, I called you about doing the pod. And I said, hey, do you have diabetes? And you said, oh, mate, I'm riddled with that shit. So oh. that's, <laughs> mate, toes like to head diabetes all the way through just okay. fucking full let's, of it let's 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 start riddled with diabetes i've never heard that term riddled with it I it's actually too much sugar guys just riddled with it now that i think about it, it is very central centralized to the pancreas yes i, I like to think as a lifestyle riddled yeah with yeah, it. yeah yeah exactly it's like it's like veganism veganism is not just about eating plants guys it's about not wearing leather and it's not you know there's a whole lifestyle to it that's what yeah, yeah totally. absolutely um all right so the people like you me and me, me who just cut out sugar once in a while we're just like you know filthy casuals who just come in try a little so what bit. type of diabetes so yeah let's go have? from step by step step by step how uh what type of diabetes and how old were you when you started noticing there was something not right well, here's a little uh, thought game. What type of diabetes would you two think I have? Oh, oh well, I don't know enough point. about it. There well, is there's, one there's that you two. develop. There's Isn't one. There there's type A and type B, right? There's one that you well, develop. Type one, type two. Type one, type two, or type B? Yeah, type, type B? one, type two. Okay, type, type one, one, type two. Okay, so there's one that you develop over time, like my mum and dad both have, and Which are, are, mm. are prone to it, like because their grandparents had it. So I'm at risk. For having it but every time i get tested for it all the doctors are like huh surprising you don't have it and i was like all right really this, yeah because i'm I gonna was... go i'm gonna take a guess i with type 2 diabetes when people get later on they there is a possibility with health they there is there's a chance you can reverse it so i'm going to assume that you've got a young age that you have type 1 which is the yeah. one that's more genetic like you just pretty much have kids have it even if they yeah yeah, yeah. right okay so so with that in mind so there's yeah two types type 2 generally all encompassing generally it's yeah. lifestyle related yeah. so oftentimes your size or whatever lifestyle factors mm. your to, your body can't support 
to make enough insulin to, to support you. Uh-huh. Type one, the type that I have, uh, you get from being uh, too charismatic and a generous lover. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. That's yeah, nice. Gen- so generous in what way? By eating pussy, you get too much sugar in your body, is it? Is that what no, you No, it's just like, just time. Could have made a little bit more subtle, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to understand the science here. Because when you yeah. say generous lover, that's what I think. I think about putting your needs uh, ahead, you know, someone else's needs ahead. And that's I just all think about not coming early. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah but you, it, I mean, you're not coming while you're going down on someone, right? So, well, it, when you're doing you, it like I do, you do know yes, me. you are. Yes, yeah, you I suppose are. that's true. 69 is a way to share the diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, no, you riddled get generally riddled with the stuff. Oh, it's just um, riddled all over my chest. Look at all this diabetes. Riddled, I'm riddled, covered. covered. Is that why it's called a cream pie? <laughs> Too much insulin. Yeah, I can't do cream pies. I've got to, well, I've got to inject if I'm going to have a cream pie. You need a pen before you get a cream pie. When I say pen, I mean... Okay. Okay. Uh, wow, we didn't. Right. Okay. So, not a generous lover. It's it's you get. Okay, so you got what age were you in? So, type one. We can confirm that that's what Expl- it is. It's- explain what type one is. What's the difference between the two? Type one is just your insulin isn't producing um, okay. insulin. Yeah. Right. Uh, not for any lifestyle reason, just that's sort of luck of the draw, body. generally. Right. Okay. But it's funny because the majority of people that I know that have ever had type one, it's like from birth or from really, really young. I got it like when I was 14. So I've only just had it for 10 years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, wow. And, and so, so what happened? Yeah. Fainting? Like what you did, you did something at school. Did your parents notice, um, you know, nonstop erections? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, well, the, the doctors think it was something that was going to happen at some point, but needed oh. to be triggered by like a getting really unwell. So um, I, didn't I was sort of, sort of, can you repeat that again in a different way? Uh, so the, the, I don't totally understand how it happened, but the doctors said that like type one was something that was going to happen to me at some point. Right. But when it would be triggered by something. So getting really oh, unwell right. and it would come on as a result. So at the time it wasn't like you presented signs of having type one. No, I think now some, there were some little things of like, there were times where they thought like is school that I might've had sunstroke or heat stroke or something, but it probably was a diabetes related thing. Well, that might be worth chatting about then in case we have listeners who, you know, might have similar symptoms or something that might then need to go get it checked and make sure that they're fine. What are the things that generally, you know, were happening to you or, people should look out for obviously just talking through your experience only um yeah what are the things that you found that was linked to potentially linked to the um the fact that you have type one well i look back at old photos of myself as a kid and i always had really dark like circles under my eyes right um, that's one that's the only like physical indicator i i wouldn't be able to tell you of any like physical things that i noticed because yeah. I don't know when it necessarily started to affect or whatever. Uh-huh, okay, okay. And the dark circles are like, obviously we're talking significantly noticeable or is it something like, for example, I know when I have bad sleep or whatever, there's definitely bruising. Yeah, these were but, pretty, I mean, for like a child to have like really dark circles under their I eyes. I mean, it is Northern Queensland. It's not unheard of to blackface up here and there. So maybe... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I'd take I'd be in the bathroom, I'd be scrubbing and and it'd still be there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Are you Billy King Coke bottle? <laughs> I don't yeah. know that reference, but I like it. 
<laughs> you you don't know that reference. I don't. I don't. Uh, we don't have time for that. Okay. Bill. You are gonna. You have. You just lost four hours of your life. Just so you know, <laughs> you lost four hours of your life. You are gonna go down a rabbit hole that you cannot believe still okay. exists. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So um, um, yeah. So can Dark I just circles. say one thing? Yep. Sorry. Can I just say one thing? So with type one, right? It's like. Did, so did your parents like you were at the doctors? You had to get a blood test, and then the blood test go. Oh, this is not looking good. Is that kind of like sort of like how they noticed it? Like, because it's, no. like, it's pretty good that they preempted the fact that like that you were gonna get it, and so you could start the treatment or get on top of it before you even really got super sick. No, no, no. So this is what no. They said after the fact that oh. now you probably it would have come on at some point, but because of what's happened. So yeah, I was overseas in uh, Vietnam yep. when I got diagnosed. So I was, oh. uh, yeah. So I was traveling through uh, Asia with dad, what Thailand, age? Cambodia, Vietnam, 13, 14, uh-huh. um, coming through Cambodia, started getting quite unwell, um, vomiting, you know, and that we'd go to a doctor and they'd say, Oh, you know, you're getting used to a different, you know, Diet. environment, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's going to happen. And they're saying like, you know, give him just electrolytes. So, so like they go and get him Gatorade or whatever. And I'd have a Gatorade and, and then I'd get worse. Yeah, because the sugar's oh, in there. Yeah, Jeez. and so I'm I'm not eating and I'm vomiting for ages, and as a result, my blood sugar's coming down because I'm now now my pancreas has just stopped making insulin, so it's not breaking down any sugar in my blood. Right. Um, so and then I, because I'm not eating and vomiting, it's slowly creeping down, and I'm like feeling better. And then yeah. we creep into Vietnam, and I have a meal, and it's like boom, and I'm awful again. Right. Um. Can yeah, I so just I'm... pause just slightly on the technicalities of the, the pancreas and insulin? Yeah, I didn't so, know this. So basically, this, the pancreas secretes insulin, which helps mm-hmm. break down sugars in the body. And sugars can come from carbs or actual processed sugar and things like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. When, the way I, when I eat now, so I give myself um, insulin in the morning and the night. They're like long-lasting ones. So they'll kind of keep me at like a baseline good level. Uh-huh. And then every time I eat carbohydrates, I have to give myself insulin. Right, because it needs that extra um, boost to try and break that down. Just to get it out of the blood and put it into your muscles. So, uh, okay. so, so having without, a pizza... So, yeah. Sorry, okay, sorry. Okay. So with that, with currently uh, at say 13, 14 or whatever, what was happening is because the pancreas wasn't producing that insulin level, that couldn't be broken down and go into your muscles. And so, so it's what, just staying in the blood. And yep. so what happened? And that, so that's when you feel nauseous and things like you're that. You're poisoning your blood, really. Yeah, just like I, when I got to Vietnam and uh, after the, a few things happened, but I got to Vietnam and they were taking my blood through my arm. It was like... A donut out. came out. Yeah, I was like a fucking jam donut. It was like wow. syrup. It was almost like syrup. Oh, you would have felt so bad. Did your dad oh. sprinkle it on pancakes thinking it's maple? It's like... <laughs> Oh, if someone took wow. a bite of you, they're like, I got the jam bit. Yeah, this kid looks sad, but he's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like from Hansel and Gretel or something like that, which they so just basically wanted that, to cook them. That's intense. That would have been actually so genuinely intense, traumatic yeah, because yeah. you're just like, A, you don't know what the fuck's wrong with you. And yeah. then everything they're trying to do to help you is making you feel worse. Yeah, well, dad, I got so sick. I lost eight kilos in four days. Um, what? Dad. Dad that booked is... a flight to go back to Australia and in the lobby. With you or without you? <laughs> I just, I'm like, because I'd be like, just fucking leave him here. I'm going back. This yeah, kid's, this kid's kid broken. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, although he's, he's looking 
He's like so skinny. He's finally, finally, he's lost his baby fat. <laughs> oh man, but that's yeah. horrid. That's so sad. Okay, go on. Yeah, but yeah, I pa- I passed out in the hotel lobby and woke up in an ambulance. Um, oh, and got taken to yeah Vietnam. This hospital in Vietnam got diagnosed with type one. Got airlifted to Thailand, um, oh, and then wow. spent a week in intensive care in Thailand. Oh my God! Wait, what? whoa, 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 whoa! So wait, so prior to this, no family history of it, right? So I think there may be, but not like not that I can really know. Well, but there has sorry, to be. Sorry, I guess I guess more in the sense your dad. I'm not putting myself in your dad's yeah. shoes. He's as completely perplexed and 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 befuddled by this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So airlifted to Thailand and in intensive care in Thailand. What Bangkok or? Yeah. 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 Wow. And would you have memories of how you felt? Like, was it just fear, or did you? you was there comfort in knowing that you were in me- medical care, or was there like a weird hesitance because you're like, well, it's medical care, but in a you know, uh, in in Thailand. Well, for a few days, I was just so out of it. Like, I was hallucinating. I was, like just completely out of it for a few days i couldn't walk like i was just so skinny i looked like a prisoner of war i was like so skinny and did you did you did it feel like you were facing your mortality to an extent did it feel like i remember being really emotional on the cab ride to the airport from the hospital and being like oh glad to have gotten out of that one right um but it's like it's hard to know because you're young so everything yeah. feels everything and also, feels you did have your dad with you which which it does help like you know mm. like it's not like you were there on on your own all i could think about was just the idea of like i assume your parents had good travel insurance because <laughs> getting airlifted across to bangkok is not cheap mate so lucky to have travel insurance it was a, right. about a thirty thousand dollar experience so people, it's just, it, I, I always, when I hear these stories, uh, it's just a reminder of if you're listening to this and it doesn't matter where you're going, get travel insurance yeah. because it literally, because my friend got severely burnt in Guatemala um, and got electrocuted uh, really, really badly. And she had to be airlifted from Guatemala uh, in a private uh, Red Cross jet from Guatemala to Texas. And and then she spent a year, uh, no, no, yeah, about a month and a half uh, in care in Texas. But the bill, when it came to, it was close to $480,000 or something ridiculous like that. And you just like didn't pay one cent of it because the insurance covered it. Like it's just a reminder that you, if you, if you think you're saving money on travel insurance, you're not. Right. You're not. Right. And also, yeah. Yeah, not just travel insurance, just any insurance, you know, and shout out to my very comprehensive Qantas insurance that I have. So, um, you know, um, <laughs> listen, Pete, um, can I ask if and uh, uh, your parents are together or splitsies at this point? Oh, splitsies. Right. Yeah. So riddled, that must... Riddled with divorce. <laughs> 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 oh, no. So then the then dynamic still... of that. Just think about the dynamic of that. Right. Your, your dad takes you overseas. Yeah, that's what I'm and You at. get yeah. sick. It's dad's fault. Yeah. That fucked the, up. The communication between uh, your parents oh. would have been another layer of oh. complexity that your dad. Again, I don't know the history of your mom and dad, but I just just in this in this little slice oh. of your life, I cannot oh. imagine 
what your dad oh, was going that through. Phone call. Um, and yeah, we've had foe. Yeah, we've had some foe. It's good. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and look, I might as well bring this up. Um, yeah, he's getting airlifted to Thailand, so we're going to have, you know. Were you child? Are you only child? Uh, only child to those parents. I've got a brother yeah. and sister, but different mother. Different, right, understood. Okay, yes, and but, right, so, but yeah, exactly. So this is, again, another layer of it going. The one thing to come off that marriage is now vomiting Sick. and losing eight kilos in, in, in four days. Like, Yeah, he made the wow. phone call. He's like, do you think our kid was getting a bit fat? Because I do. <laughs> <laughs> and he's looking at... He's good news and bad news. A- <laughs> good news is he's looking trimmer. We can finally fit him into that uh, costume we bought him. Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. So then you remember that emotional feeling of the hospital to the hotel, and then how long before were you able to bounce, uh, fly back to 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 Cairns? Uh, we flew back. I was probably yeah a, a week in intensive care. Probably spent a night outside of the hospital and then straight back to Australia. Do you know what the communication was between your parents like? And was there? Uh, um, yeah, well, they, they get along. Okay. So they're, they're totally fine. But I, yeah, dad, you know, it's like old old dad, you don't see emotional, but yeah, seeing him outside making a phone call to mum was, yeah, it didn't look great about Fucking it. Hell. Oh, That's it's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. When something happens to your, to your kids and I and Touchwood, we've had some bad things, but it's just everything, everything becomes very narrow and very small mm. because you're just like, the one thing your flesh and blood that you love more than anything else in the world, uh, you can't fix, and it's in yeah. the hands of other people. And that is, that is like talk about having to let go, and in a foreign country, on top of that, it's just like, man, that's yeah. horrible. I remember when I dropped my iPhone in a pool and had to leave <laughs> exactly it, had, had exactly to leave it in in Kosamui. I had to leave it overnight mm-hmm. at the store. It's the exact same feeling. It's, it must and be. It was just like I actually yeah, started welling up then, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, basically, totally. I'm be- what I mean is I see you and I hear you, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I also think about him, like, because um, neither of us really knew what diabetes was. And, like, I didn't really know what life was going to look like. In my head, and I think in a lot of people's heads currently, getting diabetes is like, oh, well, you don't eat sugar, you don't eat anything. Right. So I'm thinking, okay, this, so I'm just, I'm, I'm going to be very restrictive diet from here on out. So I remember mm-hmm. once I started being on the mend or whatever saying to dad like hey you know i'm gonna be living this life where i can't really eat anything enjoyable or fun so if you could do me the favor of eating delicious things in front of me now so i could start getting used to it so not only has he had to see his kid on the edge of like death or whatever but i made him go down to the cafeteria and get crispy creams and like just eat them in front of are you serious i'm i'm Pete, I'm not even kidding. I fucking love this about like this is the most David <laughs> Goggins. Amazing this is like at David the age Goggins of level of like, all right, well, this is my life now, and I need to harden the harden up and build calluses. So you got your dad to do like mukbang videos in front yeah. of you. <laughs> But just him being like, oh, I don't know if I don't really want to. Don't, like, no, 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 me. no, no, you it's get amazing. down to fucking cafeteria. <laughs> wow. I love dude. the idea that you leave Thailand. You have type one, two, by diabetes. And by the time your dad gets back, he has type two diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck it uh, Fuck, that's funny. That's so funny. That is wow, funny. But that is an incredible, like, 
a story of like resilience or acceptance and realizing, okay, I've got a fucking uphill battle. Let me just get started on it now rather than being cushioned by it. Do you, do you have, do you look back at that moment and be like, fuck, that's pretty impressive, 14 year old Pete? Oh, really? I think it's quite silly. I'm like, that's what the fuck? You, why? Like, I just, I understand you, maybe. You're trying anything. You're trying something. You, you have no yeah. idea what the future looks like. you got no idea. You're just know. like, fuck, you know, you're already preparing yourself at the schoolyard when people get lunch orders and you're like, oh, what do you got there? Yeah. Big M and, uh, and, uh, and Jam Donut. What have you got, Pete? There's a hummus and the carrot <laughs> sticks are amazing. <laughs> yeah, wow. just broccoli again, boys. <laughs> Look, it's the shape of a tree okay. again. I got nothing. So then, so then, what were the lifestyle? What are the? Well, I guess now, let's just see about like because obviously, mm. once you start to understand your medication and things like that, you can allow yourself certain things here and there, right? Is that how it works? To be honest, I eat anything. Right. There is no. I have no dietary restrictions at right. all. But, but okay, but see, okay, I'll give you an example. You said it before. If you're having a gig and then we all go out afterwards and you're having a pizza, mm-hmm. if you're having a pizza, then you need a shot of insulin though. Anything with carbs, quite literally okay. anything with carbohydrates. So okay. if I'm having, you know, if it was a muesli bar, like at the back lentil? of the thing, I'll just check. Like lentils got carbs? Yeah, mm-hmm. anything, anything with carbohydrates, I would have to give myself insulin Okay, for. so but that's everything. <laughs> but doesn't broccoli have carbs? I mean, everything's got some level of carbs, but not, not a great the deal. Most vegetables or whatever. Right. Okay, okay. But so, I'm like, so- bread and stuff, dough stuff is the the big killer. Is that the is that the sorry not to use those words, but <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? They're the like they're the ones where you like, and, and so say if you don't take your insulin and you have you know a pizza, can you feel it straight away? I'm quite lucky. I've got like a real high level of like feeling of knowing where I'm sort of at. Like if my blood sugar starts to go slightly low, I can feel it quite quickly. If it's high, I can kind of tell. What um, are the differences in the feelings when it's low versus when it's high? So if I'm low, it's kind of a shakiness and feeling a slight bit of feeling disoriented. Okay. Um, bit clammy, maybe. Bit clammy. What does um, clammy mean in that that's sense? That's it. <laughs> like uh, sort Stick, of sweaty palms. Sweaty hands, sweaty palms. Okay, okay. Right up. Um, and yeah, then I'll just go and fix it by having like a serve of carbs, which will right. bring my blood sugar up to where it should be. Because where the is my understanding correct? Where the reason sometimes it can drop to drop lower is if the medication is kind of overworking itself, or you know, right? Okay, yeah. Because that so happens usually, to my mom. My mom has diabetes, and sometimes she she keeps like a packet of sugar or whatever in her bag, and it's really bizarre to me to to, to get initially to get my head around the idea that she has diabetes, and occasionally she gets into this feverish state and has to like skull sugar. So I didn't quite understand, but now I get it. It's the medication that's kind of overcompensating in certain moments. And it's generally like I've given myself too much. So yeah, right. if I had to give my, if I'm having four serves of carbs, I would uh-huh. give myself enough insulin to cover four serves of carbs. Uh-huh. But, you know, if you go out for dinner, uh-huh. you don't see the back of a box of ingredients yeah. to know exactly what's right. in it. Yeah. I'm pretty good now at like, I can look at a plate and kind of go three serves. Oh, right. can, I, can, we, can we can we can we give an example? So, can you know when you like carbs are hidden? So, say if you have a schnitzel, but it's crumbed with carbs, is that is that good? Is like on the scale of things, is that a lot of carbs? Is that a little carbs? Or like, can you do that without having to worry about your sugar levels? No, I'd have to give myself insulin to have okay. a chicken schnitzel. Yeah. But like, you'd have usually a chicken schnitzel would come with chips or something, so you'd yeah. have yeah. insulin there, and you just account a little bit extra for the crumb on the chicken. Right. Um, 
And so, so like, if I'm if I'm out drinking, I'll generally just have like just to avoid having to be drunk and thinking, I'll just have like Coke Zero or a vodka lime and soda or whatever. So there's no yeah, extra yeah, carbs yeah. going in. Uh, of course, the beer, the beer. So you, yeah, if you have too many beers, bang, off you go, carbs. Yeah. So if I'm having beers, then you know, and instead of like I'll kind of go, okay, I'm having a few beers. So instead of giving like half a serve of carb for every beer, I'll have a few beers that should amount to about one serve of carbs. And then I'll go bang altogether, you know, just to minimize having to give myself injections after every drink or whatever. Right. Okay. 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 And so then you were saying, okay, so feeling of when you know, you can sense when you're too high, what was the, uh, when the blood sugar is too high, what do you, what do you feel? Good Uh, breathing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm quick when I'm hot. (laughs) I'm re- I'm putting myself in danger every time I go on stage because I just fucking <laughs> I'm banging down jelly beans right before I get on. Um, I, it's just just feeling hot is the ma- main thing, and it's okay. also a bit of clamminess, but it's less feeling. It, it feels similar though. That's what I mean. Oh, okay, less sort of dizzy and kind of disoriented. Disoriented, okay. you're a bit yeah. like oh, I feel like quite light and a bit shaky. There's no shakiness with feeling high, but it's feeling hot and how like, um, bit, uh, how long have you been with your partner, and what's the level of understanding she needs um in, you and know does she have diabetes too <laughs> or well, you we know the- how we get type one <laughs> so no uh-huh. um uh no she congratulations you're pregnant <laughs> ah even better <laughs> um yeah she she knows a decent amount but she doesn't need to know a whole lot because you're in control of it like as in you're on top of it yeah yeah, yeah. i'm i'm very like you know, so do you have to have keys. the monitor? Anything like that? Do you have that? Yeah, that's what I have had the thing where you can scan your blood sugar and it gives you like a constant reading, but it, they're quite expensive to get those little things. Yeah. Um, okay. So I just, every time I want to test my blood, I just prick my finger. Right. Okay. Um, and so the insulin shot as well that you do once you said once in the morning, once at night, that's, that's an injection. Yeah. And then for every meal, pretty much. And so what is it? One of those ones that just like, um, is it a proper syringe or is it got more high tech to it where you just kind of stab yourself and it's sorted? Well, when I first, most people, it's just like a pen and then a little needle twists on and the mm. needles just yep. expose and you put it in like that. Mm. But I was like quite scared of needles okay. when I got diabetes. So they gave me a thing that like, it's like a little gun. So you pull it back uh-huh. and the needle will be like concealed and you put the flat bit to your stomach and then you press a button and it just shoots in and then you pull right. it out. Right. So you don't even like have to Does it hurt? not usually unless you hit like a weird spot. Some of them are going to hurt, but like we did the math on it. And since I've had it, if I give myself say six to seven needles a day for 10 years, we worked out that it's like 21,000 something needles that I've given myself. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, yeah. And then we also worked out. So the needle is five millimeters. So there's only this little tiny mm. thing, yeah, tiny. but we did the math yeah. that, if they were laid next to each other, it's like a bit over a football field of wow needles. needles. Going, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. No Netflix that night. <laughs> <laughs> Internet was down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, can I ask though? So you've got the it, it's it's an all encompass again. I'm asking because I don't know. Is it an all encompassing pen? So you prick you prick yourself. You can test find out what your blood levels are, or is it a separate thing? Separate thing. So okay. there are these things called pumps that you can have on yourself that will read your blood yep. and you just put how much insulin you want to have administered into you. And I think they stay yep. on you for like two weeks. But I don't love yep. the idea of just having like a bit of tech hanging off me all the time. 
Totally. So for me, it's just easier to have. So I've got like two separate insulin pens. One's like the nighttime and the morning one that's like 12 hours it works over and slowly releases. And then yeah. the other one spikes with food. So I'll go, um, I'll give myself my morning one. I'll leave that at home. I'll go and have my day. When I come back, I'll have the nighttime one. So you don't have to test how, what your levels are. You just do one a morning, one a night. No, most people, well, again, people with like not great feeling test all the time, but I've got another Absolutely. device and it's just like a little, little Tamagotchi, if you will. Mm, and you yes. put a little strip in it and you put blood on that. Yeah. Um, but I don't do it probably as often as most people would do it or, or is yeah. required. I mean, I'm probably lax on some parts of diabetes because I've like, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it sort of mentality of like, I go in yeah. and I get my check and they go, still looking good your control's yeah. great i go okay well until there's an issue i'm not going to change anything right that's good i like that yeah. uh, you, you do seem on, on on top of it I, can i just ask one more question sorry um is it expensive mm. uh the needles that you like twist onto the insulin uh subsidized so completely free the strips yep. a box of a box that would get me through a couple of months is like 15 bucks and then a packet of the insulin cost me about $80 every two and a half months. See, that's, I mean, what kind of fucking world we live in? That, that is like, that's amazing. Like that is, oh. that is so, because if you, if you hear stories that come out of the States, you, you're getting a second job just to cover that. Oh, it's so crazy. It's so crazy. It how, oh, I just, I hear that and I'm like, you, even, even as a comedian, like if you're a comedian and you have diabetes, it'd be hard to make ends meet. Oh. Absolutely, man. And you even think like 20, 30 years ago, the like you'd have to it'd be big needles yep. and like a lot of fucking annoyance. Mm. Do you know how they used to figure out you had diabetes like back in the day day? No. They would the nurse would have to taste your urine to see if it was sweet. Oh my god. No wonder there was so many nurses signing up back then. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean, a, drinking I don't on know the what job. they were paid, but it was not enough. Drinking on the job. Imagine that's the, and having a sip, like you know, like you're tasting wine, swirling it, smelling it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You, you can know, taste the swallow tannins. It, nurse. You spit it out. You don't get. Yeah, the... <laughs> you can taste the tannins. Wow, um, that's fucking wild. <laughs> that is um, wild. Tell me about this. Have you ever encountered a situation where you were sh- running short, or you were about to? Well, you didn't have it. You with know. You. You didn't have it with you or anything like that, or is it so part of your routine now that it's you, it doesn't really happen? The reason I'm asking is because I fuck up quite a bit with my heart medication these days, and I'm trying to get like you know that to be okay with it and just accept yeah, yeah, yeah. that's my life now. How long have you been on the heart medication? Since April, so that's about uh, eight months now. And will this be a thing you take for the rest yeah. of your life? For life, yeah, yeah. So I think, like, I think in the early days, there would be instances, especially in the first year or two, mm. where, and it's not major things where I'm staying at mum's or dad's and I go, fuck, dad, I'm so sorry, I've left the other one, mm. can you bring it over? Mm. Um, the only other thing is, like, I get quite paranoid about travel. Yep. Where you go, like, okay, fuck, like, it's, I've got, a, like, six alarms before I would leave the house to say, get insulin out of the fridge, get insulin out of the fridge, get insulin out of the fridge. Right. Right, like it's right. so built in, but not usually when I go out, do I take a box of six different vials, you know? Right, on, right. If it has to stay in the fridge, how do you, like say if you go on a hike, how does that work? Like, Well, if I was just going on a, it's hard to say, like if I was going on a, like, a, I, I mean, I would, why would I be on a multi-day hike? But yeah, yeah. if I was, uh, you just, 
like it can be out of the fridge for a little bit, but I guess you'd probably be wanting to take an esky, but it can't get too hot or too cold, the stuff generally. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, right. You have to be careful because it can freeze and that ruins it as well. So it's there's like, some planning around it. What about, um, one, 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 guess, when it, with your EpiPen, do you have cool stickers on it? <laughs> <laughs> Every is time like I go to what? Bunnings, I'm like, do you have well, any? No, but I'm just thinking, like, as a kid, like, did did you have, like, a cool pouch? Did you put it in? Like, I'm just trying to think. Sweet as, mate. Or something yeah, like, is there any way that you made it sort of yours? Or is it just, it's a, it's a, it's a. It's do you a sell cool... diabetes merch after your shows? <laughs> you <laughs> laugh. You true. laugh. You laugh. Give it five years. You watch it. <laughs> yeah, you've planted the seed. And I'm going to be a millionaire. Okay, so it's, it's just, it's not an instrument. You didn't make it your own or, or you know, like. No, not overly. The ones they give you as a kid, it's like a little pouch that's colourful. Yeah, okay. But now I actually find the most, the best way that I keep my insulin if I'm going out is like I go to Daiso and I have a, like a small pencil case. Uh-huh. Oh, Daiso, yeah, 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 yeah. And I just put the insulin in there and then I'll take like six of these like disposable use, one-use needles and I'll put them in there and just kept that in my pocket probably like that long, you know? Yeah, like okay. Have you ever and lost so- it? Have you ever lost it? Like you've been out on the night and you've lost it? No, okay. Yeah. So my to, to wrap us up though, yes, uh, what yes. is the impact of this on your physical Comedy. activities. No, like, like what, what are the things that like, so hiking just came up. And so that obviously creates some complexities about if you're going to do something like that. So are there things that you now, um, can't, you know, that you did before that you don't do anymore uh, in terms of like sport and things like that? Or how does, how does that affect, how does going for a run or doing something physical impact your blood sugar levels and things like that? The only difference I'd say between now and prior is like, as we were saying before, you know, if you go low, oftentimes too much insulin, but you can also do it from, you naturally burn the sugar in your blood from exercising. Uh So if I'm going for a run, I'm going to play basketball with a friend or I'm going to play golf or whatever it is, I'll take jelly beans or a muesli bar or whatever. So if I start to go low, I can just go bang, 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 bang. Two minutes, we're fine. We're good to go. Uh, Ah, you'd be good, Right. Wow. Yeah. Right. So, it, I mean, actually having that ability to know how your body's feeling is, is really allows you to have as much of a normal life as, as you can. It's actually really, really handy because otherwise you're doing the pricking and the strips and the and you've got no idea how you're feeling when actually, actually, and maybe that's the advantage of having it at a younger age rather than later on in mm-hmm. life. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm very lucky in that respect. Not everyone has this level of like awareness around how they're feeling all the time. Like there are, there are diabetics that can't drive because they don't know that their blood's going low and they'll just pass out yeah, or whatever. Wow, yeah, yeah, I was going to ask because I think uh, you and I are driving from um, Brisbane or Queens uh, Gold Coast to Sunshine Coast in Jan. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I was like, I might take the train. <laughs> yeah yeah because i'm like oh, i think you know what <laughs> or or dill or dill you can get your fucking license <laughs> that's also a great point because no, diabetes I'm, I'm, diabetes yeah. is a disadvantage on life but being a big baby that's pretty... <laughs> Very good. Very look good. i am not Very driving good. out of responsibility to the community i never drove i got it because i was a drinker I was, I've said this know, before. I'd be happy to teach you to drive, Dill. I'd love it if you got your L's, and I'm happy to sit in the car next no, to you. No, this would be an incredible new comedian. Comedian, comedians in cars dying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd love um, you. I've always said I put on the record, but I would love to teach you how to drive, Dill. You, you know that. You know that. I'd love. Yeah, to. yeah, sure. Um, here's would, a, no, no. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But um, anyway, so. Um, yeah. Okay. So it doesn't really impact your physical activities. You can still kind of like 
do things. It's only if it's something like an overnight camping trip or whatever, there's some complexities around the transport of the insulin itself, not necessarily an impact on your body because that's still, you can continue your lifestyle as per normal. Yeah, that's Understood. the thing that I would be stressed about is Understood. I, so yeah. logistical. And- Because uh, what we've learned from Pete is he loves the outback. <laughs> <laughs> mate you guys can't see me obviously this is audio medium but i have a big cork akubra hat on <laughs> i'm swatting flies away i'm amazed that i have reception up here oh you should <laughs> see all the fishing rods in the background phenomenal <laughs> what about uh well, last question this is weird but uh, grapefruit have you ever like <laughs> yeah yeah go on grapefruit was something that i remember first when i was doing uh cheat days and things like that with uh and on tim ferris's uh four hour body book um he said to start the cheat days off with 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 a serving of grapefruit because that uh minimizes the uh the damage of all the sugars you're going to get in terms of like spiking your insulin is that really? something yeah is that something that ever came across your table Never heard about it. Because ironically now, with one of my medications, I can't have grapefruit. It's the only thing I'm like, now I can't really? have fruit. Yeah. yeah. I've never it... heard this before. No, right. I can't say I've heard this so either. grapefruit does what? To... It... Again, I don't, this is going to be complete misinformation because it's not, but I, from memory, I remember, I know that at the start of the cheat day, you have a So you're a saying grapefruit grape. cures diabetes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the headline. Let's go for that. Um, but... <laughs> But no, it was something along that. And then I then fast forward 10 years later, when I have this heart medication, the one thing I'm told I can't have is grapefruit. But they didn't tell uh, you why. They didn't. Uh, they, said it, they said it's something to do with what the impact of grapefruit on the kidneys uh, or, or liver, maybe where that's where the medication is broken down and grapefruit inhibits that ability to break down the medication. Yeah, well, okay, cool. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, what a hey, weird note to finish on. I thought no, <laughs> Pete, thank you so much. This is a cracking episode. Uh, and thanks right. for uh, sharing uh, your story. Uh, still can't get over it. 14 Vietnam. Boom. Oh, my God. Um, uh, things to plug. Pete, what do you got coming up? You're doing the festivals. Oh, mate. Yeah. So many festivals. Perth, Adelaide, Melbourne. Ideally, Sydney. We'll see. But I'll be coming uh, with the prior mentioned Shad and Pete Save the World show mm. and to uh, Adelaide and Melbourne with a solo show this year. So I'd love oh, to excellent. have you there. Where are you, uh, that's, uh, what's the name of the solo show in Melbourne? Uh, it's called It's All Happening is the nice. name of the show. Okay. Uh, and I'd love to have heaps of people there. And if you could all bring a grapefruit independently <laughs> of each other. To get me through the gig. You know what? Bring a grapefruit if you're a Fitbit listener, because yeah. then and throw it at him. <laughs> and then Pete would know this is where this came from. It's that would be Fitbit. incredible. I'd love to see if I could get five plus grapefruits Fruit. for across the run the in Melbourne. At the Melbourne run. Okay. Right. Okay. Oh, Sorry actually, across any across, across the, the whole run, across, yeah. if five, I could get five grapefruits, okay. I would um I would be incredibly <laughs> I would love appreciative. It. Um, you know this is gonna happen. <laughs> Incredible, incredible stand-up comedian, and I urge everyone to go see it as well. That's but true. I genuinely mean that. That Shadow Pete uh, Save the World show that I was part yeah, of. Yeah, no, was... I loved it too. Um, for just very quick, quick little plug, the, con the concept of it is the audience write down questions or problems that they have, and Shadow Pete plus a guest uh, try and solve those problems. And it's yeah. not recorded, it's not podcasted or anything. It just lives live it's in the good. moment and i was very very close to peeing my pants as an audience member watching that so it was really great Pretty uh sure. go check those boys out uh for us we've got our tour i got my heart stopper tour that's going to be in perth adelaide brisbane melbourne sydney um at the moment those are dates all on dilrook j on my instagram or dilrook.com.au 
Yes. And mine is, of course, Ben Lomas Comic. Uh, you know, just 10 shows in Melbourne. Book early uh, because they will go. So I'm only doing 10 shows. Uh, I've been questioned whether there'll be a matinee. There most likely will be. But 10 shows. Uh, come check it out. Uh, any more questions? So, uh, but thanks, Pete. Thank you so much. And uh, and again, take care, everybody, and happy New Year. Apparently, happy New Year, <laughs> all of us. <laughs> Good work. Uh, thanks, thanks Patreon. Thank you, everyone. Uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.